why do follow-up calls suck? Well, you're about to find out in today's episode. So if you struggle with follow-up, um, just don't like doing it, and maybe in your business it's actually not happening at all, don't worry, you are not alone. But join us for episode 131 of Sales Team Rescue, and you will not only find out how to shift your thinking about follow-up, but a way that you can actually have it taken care of for you. Hit the music. I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sales Team Rescue, episode number 131. I'm your host, Jeremy DeMerchant, and today we have another special guest. Mustafa Husseini is a founder of Presayo Inc. and creator of the Simple Retention Formula, Simple Marketing Formula, the Simple Offer Formula, and more. For the past 12 years, he's helped business owners and entrepreneurs build profitable businesses in various niche markets and industries. Currently, his call center helps established businesses fix their follow-up problem and scale through referrals and customer retention without spending any money on ads. He's an avid skier and hiker, and he loves to spend time with his family and friends. So, Mustafa, welcome to Sales Team Rescue. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. It is awesome to hang out with you as, as usual. Yeah, it's, I'm excited because this is episode the, the second episode for you. Uh, we had so much fun in the first one. And I've even had people comment um, on the video. I know it ended up being shared on LinkedIn and um, just phenomenal. So thank you so much for coming back. I'm excited to dig into the new stuff going on in your world. Um, and be, because the the stuff that you, you know, we talked about the the processes and um, the simplicity of all the, the the pieces you put together, the formulas, right? That simple retention formula, simple marketing formula, simple offer formula. We talked about that last time. And there's just been so many people that it's helped. And now it's not that any of that stopped, but you've got a whole new project going on that I think the world needs to see. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about the core topic, the subject or the title that we set for this episode, why follow-up sucks. Now, I'll admit for me, I, I love being on sales calls, love having sales conversations, but I kind of am not so great at making sure I do the follow-up like I should. I'm not the practice what I preach kind of deal sometimes. That's my transparency. But but tell me, um, why do follow-up calls suck? So can I share the story of why I found, how I found out follow-up suck and why people don't do it? Yeah, yeah, do that. So <clears throat> I learned about the power of follow-ups from Dan Kennedy and the fact that how profitable, profitable it is, how easy it is, and how most everybody doesn't do it. And so, <clears throat> and I also learned from him about the power of retention and how nobody does it, which retention and follow-up kind of work together. And so, uh, you know, uh, the story is that every time, every time I ran out of customers or cash or, you know, uh, and leads and whatnot, I would pull my hair out for a few days and then I would come to my senses and realize that I have a list of prospects and customers that I can probably just call and see what happens. So then I would pick up the phone and make a round of calls and on the day of or shortly after I would get cash, customers, introductions, referrals, you name it. And so 
Um, then I started teaching in a simple marketing formula and the last module is always retention. So I'm like, people, here's the script, here's the process. If you use the script that I'm sharing with you and call your existing customers, people that have shown you interest and have a friendly conversation with them, um, you're going to see results starting today. And nobody would do it. <clears throat> and I'm like, interesting. This people, th this actually works. This is not some ad promising, you know, you know, a billion dollars out of thin air. Right. This actually works, right? I, I'm like, I actually got results from this this week, right? Or last month or whatever. So people wouldn't do it. And then, so we kept, you know, showing it to people. Here's the script. Here's the process. They still wouldn't do it. Uh, and then I, long story short is that I realized uh, people actually hate to pick up the phone and have conversations. And there's another portion of people that are just afraid of conversations. And they they just, and so what I then, then found is like, they don't want to be pushy. They don't want to be salesy. They don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, they don't want to be seen as a snitch or, 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 or you know, they just don't want to see perceived as with they or attach themselves with all the negativity that they think would come from them. Like, and that's why we think phone calls and follow-up calls suck. Yeah. I, I, I like to use, and I used this in a presentation a couple years ago, the image of Danny DeVito back in the movie Matilda from like, I think it was 92 or something, uh, where he's this used car salesman. He's got the plaid jacket on. And he's like, hey, I'm not listening. Go make a deal. Um, and, and I think in my mind, that's the epitome of the stereotypical salesperson that people are trying to avoid uh -huh. and he did it and he did a great job in that role because like he he all the all the stereotypes he nailed and that's what we're so scared of 100 percent. and so 100%. and i and i totally get it like as soon as you get off that initial call or you're done with that initial engagement you're like okay oh that's done you're like, oh, no, I actually have to follow up to make the sale happen or someone, you know, for some reason it doesn't, the trigger doesn't get pulled or whatever. And suddenly you're like, well, but I thought I was done. I have to start. Oh, no, I don't want to be that sales guy. I don't. And the story, it's like it comes back again. And it's like the concern that you have around, you know, being salesy that you thought you worked through to have the initial conversations or engagement. It's like it all comes back. And nothing else matters again. And, and then you treat it as if it's a total stranger. And it doesn't matter whether or not you make that next call. So, and in this case, and we know that, you know, this, the follow-up is so vital. So I want to get into, because I want to, I could talk about this for hours, but I want to make sure that we highlight the, the magic that you have going on. Tell me about some of the myths around follow-up, because I know there's a lot of stories in people's heads that's not serving them. So the biggest myth that I see people have around follow-up is that uh, they say, I don't want to bother people. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to the earlier earlier statements that we made around being salesy or pushy and the rest of it. And people think that they're going to be bothering their prospects and customers if they follow up with them. And the fact of the matter is that you're not bothering them. If someone showed up and said, Jeremy, I have a problem with sales. And I'm not, I'm not doing a lot of sales. My team is really sucking at sales. I need help, mm -hmm. right? Now, I just expressed a pain, a problem, a challenge, and I 
talked about it and I reached out and visited your website, filled out a form, downloaded lead magnet, attended a webinar of, or something, mm -hmm. and I've showed that I'm in pain and this needs to be resolved. Now, if, I, if you follow up with me on that and say, Mustafa, would it be all right if we talk about this challenge that you just expressed here? What do you think I'm going to say? Absolutely. Jeremy, absolutely. I'm not going to say, Jeremy, I can't believe you just called me up and, and you know. How dare you try to help me? On. Yeah. I mean, how dare you said, I can help you after I asked for help. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so I guess, I guess we tend to make a big deal out of things that don't exist or out of our own self limitations, mostly mental limitations the mm -hmm. things that we create for ourselves and then we stop ourselves so that's the biggest myth that i that, that i've seen around follow-ups is like i don't want to bother people mm. and so the other the other piece to that is like when we do the follow-up calls with our people you have no idea how often people actually thank us for following up with them they're like oh my god thank you for thank you for following up because most businesses and most Salespeople, entrepreneurs, or whatnot, do not follow up, right? Mm -hmm. So by just simply following up and having a very, please hear this, a friendly conversation, you stand out miles from your competition and the rest of the pack out there. Mm. It, yeah, it, it's so interesting how we've got this, all these assumptions built around it. I actually once, um, when I worked in the online education space, we had a very aggressive follow-up process. I was actually an advisor and um, we would like a lead would come in and it was sent to like three different companies. So the faster that you got to it, the more likely you were to close the sale. And it was very aggressive. Like we would uh, we'd follow up three times the day the lead came in and then twice the following day and then twice the following day. And like every second call, you'd leave a voicemail and there was the full strategy. And this one woman, I remember, I followed up for about six weeks. At that point, there had been a lot of calls, like well over a hundred calls and well over a hundred emails. And we're just trying, I'm just trying to reach out to her. But, you know, once you get into the process, you're just doing the process, not thinking about it because most people don't answer. So you're going through the, the, the motions. And then finally, and after the six weeks, I dial the number and I hear hello. And I go, and like suddenly realizing I had like chased her for six weeks, not knowing what's going to happen. And by the end of that conversation, she said, thank you for being so persistent. Oh yeah. And she signed up and she invested $30,000 in an online degree. Um, and, and that's what we do. Like that is the, the role of a sales professional is to make sure you're out there helping. Mm -hmm. Now I understand though, that you're in a spot where you can help people who maybe don't love that follow-up thing as much. Well, I don't, I don't know that anybody loves it, to be honest. But for the people that it's a real pain, like it's not just, oh, I don't want to do it, but I will. But they're either too busy because they're running a company or, you know, it's just not a function that they want to master within their company. Tell me a little bit about, first of all, your philosophy of around follow-up and then what that solution might look like for some people. For sure. Let me share the philosophy so that hopefully it will um, help people reduce or eliminate the hate for follow-ups or the fear of follow-ups. And my here's my philosophy. If someone reaches out to me and uh, says, Mustafa, I have a problem, and I know that you can help me, 
And I know that I, Mustafa, can help, say, Jeremy with, say, the follow-up problem, right? My philosophy is that I believe in my product and the service so much so that by following up, I'm actually helping the customer. I'm not bothering them. I'm not hurting them because they have a problem. Now, here's the other side of the coin. I also believe that if I don't follow up, I would be hurting them, their team members, their families, and everyone around them. Because if they if they don't fix their follow-up problem, chances are they're going to make less money or they're going to be in some sort of pain that is going to affect the rest of their life and their business. Does that make sense? 100%. And so that's my follow-up philosophy and actually my sales philosophy. So the other piece to that is I'm going to hold myself responsible enough to hold the person in front of me responsible enough so they can they can fix their problems because they would have all sorts of doubts and frustrations and challenges and from the moment that they opt in and they say look i need help we got to realize that these people are busy especially business owners and the rest of the people on the planet they're busy to have other things going on and it might be a little painful to digest but i am not the center of their planet the center (laughs) of their world Right. Right. They have other things going on. So we need to follow up with them long enough to establish our expertise and credibility and trust. And so that we help them overcome the challenges, their doubts and the rest of it so that we we are in a position to help them. So that's kind of my sales and follow up philosophy combined. So hopefully that would (laughs) whoever is watching or listening could kind of use that to uh, reduce or eliminate the fear of follow up and just reach out um to help their customers Beautiful. and here's a probably a third or fourth tip sure when we do the follow-up we do it in a very friendly and nurturing way mm-hmm. we don't do it in a pushy uh uh you know hardcore way to uh to bother them because there is a there there is a point where you're bothering people mm-hmm. but if you're just reaching out once in a while hey how's it going you reached out to us and uh, and then uh, probably later, if we have time, I'll, I'll share the layout of our follow-up calls so you could see Beautiful. how sure. we do this. Sure. But there is a point where we actually confirm their challenge and whether they want to fix it and how urgent is it for them in their mind to fix it. If it's not urgent and if they don't care about it, I'm not going to follow up a million times. Yeah. Right? We're going to follow up less often but consistently. But if someone says, Mustafa, I'm dying right now, I need you right now. I'm probably going to follow up a little more aggressively versus someone that says, uh, uh, it's not a big deal right now. Gotcha. That was awesome. a long answer to your, to your simple <laughs> question, but I'm hoping that would help. <laughs> that's, no, that's beautiful. And before we go on, I just want to give a special thanks to our sponsor for today's episode. SalesEdge.io is the number one sales and communication platform for sales professionals um, from all different industries. So I just want to give a, a shout out. Sales is fantastic. Now, um, let's jump back in the conversation talking about this follow-up. And and I love the philosophy. I think that is so vital to have that right mindset. Um, so walk us through, well, actually from here, I, do you want to go in and, and kind of tease our, our, our gift that we have or do you want to wait and save that to the end, first of all? 
I can share the gift. Um, so the gift is that our step-by-step -step process and the blueprint and the checklist for simple retention formula. Mm -hmm. That's the step-by-step -step process that you can basically download it and get access to it and start implementing to increase your retention and uh, create recurring revenue, increase your profits, happier customers, and the rest of it. And so the link is persayo.com forward slash VQ. So persayo is P as in Peter, E as in elephant, R as in Robert, S as in Sam, Y as in yoga, O as in omega, dot com forward slash VQ is Victor, and Q as in Cora. <laughs> I love it. I know. I, I did that yesterday on the phone with a customer service agent. I'm like, I don't remember what O is for. <laughs> I just gave up. No, that's awesome. And I've put it in the in the comments as well. Um, so that link is there in the comments. And if you were watching this on the replay on YouTube, you'll see that in the comments in the description. And if you were listening on the podcast, um, it's also in the, the podcast notes. So make sure you check that out. Um, that was presayo.com forward slash VQ. And those letters can be stand up stand for whatever you want them to stand for. Uh, but that is your simple retention formula checklist. Be sure to go check that out. Um, and give yourself the tools you need to make sure that you're retaining those clients who've already invested all the time and energy in, right? And by the way, Jamie, I'm drinking tea. This is not whiskey. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was years ago that mm. I was like, I think I was doing an interview and I was just sipping on my tea and somebody's like, is that whis whiskey? And now every time that I'm on air and I'm sipping on my tea, I remember that. So I'm like, that's, this that, is not that, whiskey. That's so funny. It's, it's, it's funny because actually in my... Um, in my my shelf here behind me, I actually had a nice setup with a whiskey, like a decanter and like crystal glasses, kind of like the the suits style and imaging. And and someone said, "Okay, when I look at your shelf, I see M and M dispensers and liquor. Is that what you want?" I'm like, "Well, okay." So it's still there, but they're hiding behind. I don't know if you can see it even, but anyway. Hey, if it, your target market is a bunch of alcoholics, <laughs> right? that no. I'm like, okay. Well, the funny thing is, is that I think I've only actually had whiskey physically in my office like once in my career, and I'm like, mm, yeah. this is too tempting. I'm going to put it back in the kitchen. Like that's, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, let's go back on track. So let's go back to how you help people solve follow-up problems because no matter what you're drinking, whether it's coffee, tea, or whiskey you probably don't love doing follow-up. So 100%. So who do you help specifically? Like who's that, that dream client for you? Because we want to make sure the right people are, are paying attention. But also, what's, what's the, the process or the package that you put together for them to, to help them solve this problem? For sure. So we work with established businesses that are doing north of half a million dollars in sales into seven figures, so higher six figures and seven figures. Um, they have a proven high ticket offer uh, starting or ending at $5,000 or more. Okay. And they have a list of customers and prospects that are usually being ignored. Mm. So we fix their follow-up problem basically from uh, the moment that uh, their prospects opt in to download a lead magnet of some sort, like a checklist, a webinar, a download of something, uh, up to a webinar, an event, existing customers, past customers, we just stay in touch with the entire list and we do the follow-up for them. Love it. I love it. And so um, obviously they need to have phone numbers because part of this is phone calls, right? Do you also do email follow-up as well or is it purely phone calls? 
We do uh, have emails attached and we also drop voicemails for the people that we do call. Okay. And people that don't have phone numbers, we work with a few companies that do data enrichment. Mm -hmm. So they try to find and match phone numbers to names and emails that we have on file. Nice. And we could probably get another 10 or 20% um, phone numbers um, based on the list and whatnot. And so we could call more people and then we work with them on strategies uh, uh, to start collecting phone numbers so that we could manage the list. Gotcha. Okay. I want to, I want to pull in some, some extra tidbits here, cause this is really valuable for the audience and not everybody that's listening or watching is going to be at, at that level yet. So this is, I'm going to ask you for a couple of tips. One is what's the easiest or maybe a couple of ideas for how someone now like, if they're in sales, maybe they're in the coaching space, maybe they're doing some webinars um, or any kind of business, really. What are some of the, the simplest ways or places to appropriately ask people for their phone number? Ask for phone number. So anything that we give away, mm -hmm. we actually have a phone number field in there. Okay. But on my website, the phone number field is mandatory everywhere. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, some of our customers, they make the phone number uh, field optional mm -hmm. where we get 40 to 50% opt-in rate okay and so wow. we call it first name please hear this first name best email best phone number that's what they're called and so you don't want to tell them that we're going to send you reminders you don't want to provide details as to what's going to happen you just say mm -hmm. first name e best email best phone number okay. and then that's what we have on a phone now the phone number field some of our clients experience like a drop in their opt-in rates when mm -hmm. they make the phone number field mandatory. Some of them don't. Okay. But that's something to be tested. Yeah. Like we get 50 to 80% opt-in rate, uh, opt rates with our lead magnets with JV traffic. Okay. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. With cold traffic, it would be probably you would experience a higher drop if you make the phone number field mandatory. Okay. But my philosophy around that is that if somebody is serious enough to give you a phone number, they're probably a more qualified lead. Hmm. But there's also the argument that you need to build the credibility and trust and expertise before, you know, you ask right. them on a date and, and whatnot. So, mm -hmm. or take them on a date before you want to take them home. Yeah. And so uh, uh, it really depends on it is to be tested. So on a case by case, we actually consult our clients on what needs to happen and what to test them or not. Gotcha. Awesome. Um, did I answer your question? You, you did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. That's yeah. That's what I wanted because a lot of people go, "Where do I ask for the phone number?" I'm not really sure. Um, and and so I, 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 I can share a couple of more tips there. Sure. Yeah. So even if so here is even if you say on your webinar opt-in form you don't want to collect a phone number, what you could do is on the thank you page you could offer another gift or another thing where they have they have to put their phone number in to get that. Mm, gotcha. Right? So mm -hmm. you opted in for the for the webinar. Now here is the blueprint or the checklist of this thing, the sales process you got, you have to get enough for that. You have to put in your phone number. Another way you could do it is at the end of your webinar or at the end of the consult, you could say you could, you know, opt in to get that. Mm -hmm. um, another way to put it is on your appointment booking forms mm -hmm. on Calendly, Schedulity or Schedule Once and the rest of them. Um, you must have the phone number as a mandatory field for a couple of reasons. One, you have their phone number to follow up with. Two, you send them text reminders to increase your show up rates because people forget their appointments. People don't check their emails all the time and you want them to show up and you want them to be on time. 
And for the purpose of follow-up, you could follow up with them after if you choose to do so. So those are a few places where you could collect phone numbers. Awesome. I appreciate that. I, I think that that's like a, a lot of the concern with people in doing their follow-up and outreach is like, well, I don't have their phone number. And I think that we can solve that kind of at the front end of things. So um, that's for great. sure. And, and we do the enrichment as well if they don't have phone numbers. Gotcha. Okay. Beautiful. Um, now, the other thing that I want to ask you about, I feel like I'm just like totally being selfish, pulling all this information from you. Um, but I know that at one point you talked about the three places that businesses leave six to seven figures on the table. Now I'm sure follow-up is one of them. Maybe it's all of them, but, but tell us, just give I'll let you talk. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, I'll talk about, and it's mostly to do with follow-ups. Mm -hmm. So first place is when people visit your website mm -hmm. and they leave, what you could do with them is put them in a pixel or a Facebook pixel or Google retargeting or remarketing um, group and then follow the, follow them around with ads so you can bring them back. Okay. Okay. And somebody just click. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Somebody just expressed an interest in what you do and maybe they have a pain, but maybe they got distracted. Maybe your message wasn't good enough. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to follow them around and bring them back. Mm. Okay? And, and so in that and situation, um, sorry, yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but in, in that situation, and I'm, I'm curious about your opinion because I have this conversation all the time with people. Um, do you, would you encourage somebody new? Let's just say someone who's brand new, just thinking about this. Would you say, even though maybe they're not in a place to run ads yet, should they set up that pixel now and just start building that, that audience to follow up with? 100%. Awesome. Cause say Facebook, I, I know it keeps uh, the, the data and the pixel for six months. So maybe you're not in a place to do it now, but you want to keep building up the audience for people that visit your website. And then you on, on Facebook Pixel, you can make it a specific to the people that have visited a specific page and have, have spent so much time on it. Mm -hmm. So you're building your audience. And now later on, if you uh, want to invest in it, maybe you don't have the cash right now. You want to do it later. Six, month, six months later, you could do it. And it's free to do it. Mm. Right. Unless you pay someone to set it up for you. Right. But the fact that you could set it up is free. Yeah. So that's where people leave some money on the table. The second place is prospect opts in to download a lead magnet to uh, maybe sign up for a webinar or whatnot. And you don't do any follow up with them. Mm. Right. They just clearly expressed an interest in what you do and maybe a challenge or a problem. And you just left them on the table, left them in the air, and they're just hanging out maybe with a problem or they're going to go to your competition. Mm. Okay. So that's an, another place that most businesses leave a lot of money on the table. Mm -hmm. Follow, lack of follow up there. Now, the third place is where most businesses ignore their existing customers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mostly, uh, you ever ran into this issue where your vendors only call you when your payment fails? Yep. They pick up the phone like, your payment failed. You haven't paid us this month. They wouldn't call you any other time, but they would call you as soon as the payment failed. Right? Yeah. So we just want to, well, obviously you have to call them when the payment fails, but you want you want to make sure that you're taking care of them and you're following up with them. And here's the, probably the biggest place where people leave money on the table to the tune of multiple six, seven or eight figures, depending on what you sell in the size of business. Mm -hmm. And that is an existing customer has the ability to buy from you a lot easier, a lot faster because they know, like, and trust you, mm -hmm. right? Now, they also could refer you to other people because, again, they know, like, and trust you. Mm 
um, and they, you could upsell uh, more of services and products to them. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier. So that's another place that um, people leave money on the table. Here's a, here's a bonus one. And that is your past customers. Mm-hmm. You could call and follow up with your past customers to reactivate them and break them at, bring them back as a customer and or to get a referral from them again, right? Because right. they were a past customer. Maybe you cannot serve them anymore. Maybe, maybe Jeremy, I showed up and you fixed my sales problem and we're done, mm-hmm. right? But um, we both know that sales is not a once and done type of deal. Right. You need to go in and do training for them maybe once a year, mm-hmm. may, may, maybe once every two years. And who does, say, Mustafa know that could use Jeremy's training and do some sales training? Right. Ninety nine point nine percent of businesses don't tap into that. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's and so powerful. Right. You know, the, it's it's easy and it's easy. Yeah. yeah. The, even know. just two two weeks ago, uh, as an example, to support your point, as an example, I'm in Toastmasters. And at the end of the year, we're going, we need a couple more members to reach our goal. And we were like stressing out about, you know, how to build that like no trust and, and all that jazz. And then we realized I just jumped in and looked at the past people and then I sent, well, I actually sent five messages out on Facebook messenger and it was essentially, Hey, we miss you. Come back. We're looking for a couple new members. The first two that I sent, they both said yes. And they joined. And that's a 40% conversion. Yeah. And the, and actually a, a third person said, Hey, if you still need a person, we only need a two. If you still need a person, I'll do it. That would so, be a 60% conversion. Yeah. So, um, and then the other two people actually just didn't see the message. <laughs> so um, I've, I've got 100% of people that actually saw the message were willing to say yes. And so, 100%. yes, that's Toastmasters, but that that reflects very directly what it can look like in business. Dude, so I have the exact same story about like prospects. Yeah. So in my mastermind, which is one of the reasons kind of pushed us to start a call center was uh, so for about a year or so, I was pushing my students uh, to do follow-up calls and they would not do it. So one day, one of them shows up and she's like complaining about lack of cash and customers. I'm like, and I'm like, dude, you got 2000 people on your list. Here's the script. Here's the process. Pick up the freaking phone, make a couple of calls. A week or two later, um, she showed up. It was actually she, not a he. And she's like, Mustafa. You would not believe this. I made five phone calls and I had a 60% conversion rate. Five calls, three of them turn into upsells, more business or referrals, right? Where on earth do you get 60% conversion? Nowhere. Nowhere. The answer is nowhere else. (laughs) Yeah. Right? If you're on Facebook, if you're on LinkedIn and you're doing cold calling or anything cold, on a good day, you get between one to 3% conversion. So that's yes. the power of follow-ups and what Golden. we're talking about here. That's, that's beautiful. See, and that's, that's the perfect example. Well, both examples are, are perfect examples. Um, so if you were watching, you were listening, you were checking this out, look, I know follow-up sucks. That's why you clicked on this t- title, <laughs> because follow-up sucks. Um, and it can be the most profitable activity you can have in your business. Um, in fact... I, I know, and these are stats from some other people, but I know most sales happen on the 7th to 12th interaction, yep. right? And most people don't do it, which is why most businesses yep. are struggling to, or at least they're not at the, their potential. So follow-up is the number one 
most profitable activity in your business. And if you don't want to do it, you need to make a call or send a message to Mustafa and he is going to take care of you. So what's the best way for people to reach you? You can find me on LinkedIn. Search mm -hmm. for Mustafa Hosseini, and I'm right there. Message me on LinkedIn. Beautiful. Uh, you can go on our website, Persai.com. Uh, if you go to Persai.com forward slash apply, mm -hmm. I share the process on how we work, and you can book an appointment, and I'll show up, and we'll chat and, and explore the possibilities. Let me just and uh, those are probably the best ways. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as well and message me and say, hey, Mustafa, I heard you and Jeremy's podcast and then uh i'll throw in a gift in there i'm not sure hey. what it is but i'm i'm gonna throw a gift in there for you i love it we love gifts i'm a big fan when my birthday comes i tell everybody <laughs> i love gifts uh october 25th for those of you that are keeping track <clears throat> uh nice awesome we love gifts and we love having follow-up taking care and taking care taking care of for us wow english I swear it's my first yeah. language. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mustafa, thanks so much for, for being here. I appreciate it. Um, anything left that you want to share? Any comments, tips, kind of final words for the audience? Um, tips. If you're not following up, honestly, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And stop sweating and fearing about leads and whatnot. Pick up the phone and get in touch with your people. And here's, here's, here's the, the way to do it. Your intention is to have a very friendly, nurturing conversation. Just call them up and see where they're at. See, And the intention is to see if if there's anything you could do for them in any shape or form. You're not calling to sell. You, just, you would bring up the sales conversation if they want it, if if they're a fit. And if not, like, can I just introduce you to someone else? Hmm. Maybe you don't have a need for what I do, but maybe you have a need for someone else's services or products, mm -hmm. which you're still providing value, right? right. And And... That doesn't go unnoticed. Your customers and your prospects do take note of that, mm -hmm. right? And they're going to go around and they're going to talk about you. And then here's another point. Even if the person in front of you is not qualified, you can always ask them for a referral. Totally. Right? Like, look, I understand that it's not a good time for you to say invest in our program, but who do you know that may be having sales or follow-up problems? And they'll be like, you know what? I know a few people. That way you open up another door for leads and introductions and mm -hmm. referrals beautiful so that's mine awesome well it has been a total pleasure Mustafa. thank you so much for for being here again again guys make sure you go check out uh persayo.com slash vq for the gift persayo.com slash apply to see the booking process uh, that mustafa uses and you know reach out have a conversation with them if you are sick and tired of doing your follow-up or what's probably more accurate, neglecting your follow-up? Shoot him a message. Find him on LinkedIn as well. Um, and he will take care of you. And if yeah. not, if, and if, if you're stuck and you need more support, just listen back to the episode. He gave you all the steps you need as well. So if you yeah. are willing to do the work and need a process, this is the episode. And if you know someone that needs help on their follow-up process, then one, share this episode because... <laughs> It's got the whole process here. And two, if they want to hand it off to someone who's a real pro and make sure it's done right, then Mustafa's the guy. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Mustafa, thanks so much. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you again. This was episode number 131 of Sales Team Rescue. To catch this replay and previous replays, go to salesteamrescue.com. And if you want to talk about your sales strategy and sales process, you can find the link to book a call with yours truly at salesteamrescue.com. We will see you right here next week. Cheers, guys.
Thank you. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com. We'll be right back.